a Pennsylvania district attorney takes one day off from work and is never seen again. Was he killed for prosecuting the wrong person? Did he commit suicide? Or did this esteemed prosecutor simply decide to start a new life? podcast about bad things. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another edition of the KMH Podcast. I am your pod master, Brad. And today, before we jump in, I'm going to do a little bit more housekeeping like I did last week. First, I have to acknowledge that this story is a request from listener Mandy, who is a fellow attorney and is clearly amazing. She just asked if we could cover the story and her wish got granted. See how easy it is? Just email me a cashier's check for $125, and you too can pick a story for us to cover. Second, the story would be kind of garbage if it wasn't for the incredible work of Wallace McKelvey from PinLive.com. He has done incredible research on this case over the years, and it sounds like he is on the verge of releasing a documentary of his own. Uh, just this week, in fact, he released an article uh, with an update on this investigation that everybody should go check out, like right now. Just pause the podcast and go read it. I'll be here when you get back. I'm not going anywhere. I'm sitting in a digital platform. As always, you'll find a link to his work and all my other sources in the show notes. But with that, we'll move on to our story. We are discussing... Former prosecutor Ray Grecar. He's a native son of Cleveland, Ohio, who attended Case Western University, where he received his Juris Doctor in Law. And when he became a licensed attorney, Greaser was hired as an assistant district attorney specializing in sexual abuse crimes in Ohio. In 1980, he moved to State College, Pennsylvania, where his wife received a job at Penn State University. Greekar worked as a stay-at-home dad for a spell before he was invited to join the Center County District Attorney's Office. In 1985, the incumbent DA decided to retire, so Greekar decided to run and won the election, becoming the head boss in charge. In fact, Greekar was elected four more times before he decided to retire effective December 31, 2005. Greekar was twice married and twice divorced. In 2005, when our story takes place, Greekar was living with his girlfriend, Patty Fornicola. Now, on April 15th, 2005, Greekar decides to play hooky. It was one of the first warm days of the year, and he decided to take advantage of it by enjoying a drive. However, Greekar never came home. The next morning, after being reported missing by his girlfriend, his red Mini Cooper was found abandoned in a shopping mall's parking lot about 50 miles from his home. His cell phone was found in the car. However, his keys, wallet, and other important items were not discovered. There were no obvious signs of foul play around the vehicle. Witnesses reported seeing Greekar on April 15th, and he seemed to be in good spirits. 
Some reported seeing him with a brunette woman, though it was described more so as an acquaintance than anything closer. This woman, to this day, has never been identified. After several unfruitful days of poking around, the local police asked the FBI to assist. Divers were called in to search the local river while helicopters searched the surrounding woodlands. Again, nothing came up. Interestingly, the police spent some time in a battle over who had jurisdiction over this case. And not in the way that you see in movies. Here, nobody wanted to claim jurisdiction of the case. Local law enforcement said they were too small an operation for an investigation this size. I believe I remember reading that there were only 11 officers in the local police force. Eventually, the state police reluctantly agreed to overtake the investigation. During this time when this little bit of infighting was going on, a press conference was held by Grecar's family, uh, particularly his daughter, who begged and pleaded for any information related to her father and sent a message to him begging him to please contact her. She was clearly devastated that he could not be found. Later that summer, Grecar's work laptop was found. It was in one piece, save for one important bit, the hard drive was gone. Two months later, fishermen found the hard drive about 100 yards away from the laptop itself had been found. Both of these were found in a river, I should clarify. FBI experts examined the hard drive and found it to be so damaged that no information could be recovered. In 2009, police divulged to the public that Greasar's home computer, when they examined it, had contained multiple searches on ways to destroy a hard drive. In July of 2011, Greekar was declared legally dead. His body, to this day, has never been located. Well, we are just going to jump right on to the theories in this one. The facts are what they are in this case, and there's not many of them, so we're going to spend most of today just wildly speculating on theories. Our first one, Grecar just wanted to walk away from his life. There is some support for this theory. First, he had a history of kind of disappearing without telling anyone. For example, one day he decided he wanted to go to a Cleveland Indians baseball game and did it without telling a soul. He was also known to take long drives without letting anyone know his destination. These little mini road trips were rather common for him. He was sided with that mysterious woman, which is a little bit important because Grecar had a reputation for being a bit of a ladies' man. He was very charming in the right situation and very much enjoyed attention from women. Since he was Spotted with this mysterious woman, is it possible that he became distracted and say, let's just leave it all behind and start anew, baby? Further supporting this theory is there have been just hundreds of reports from across the U.S., even including an alleged sighting of him in the audience of the Oprah Winfrey show of all places. Naturally, since we're doing this podcast, none of these leads bore any fruit. 
One particularly interesting story involved a man in Utah who was arrested and refused to give the police his name and had no identification on him. The officers found the man's resemblance to be very close to Grecar's. But the man would never confirm or divide, deny who he was, who his identity, um, or if he was from Pennsylvania. Eventually, however, his fing- he was fingerprinted, run through the national database, and it was determined that he was not Grecar. And I think in my show notes, I've got a link to a picture of the two, and there is some resemblance of them. It's kind of a before and after almost picture, you know, hobo Grecar and DA Grecar. Those who subscribed to this theory that Grecar just walked away claimed he was somewhat intrigued by a 1985 disappearance of an Ohio police chief by the name of Mel Wiley. Wiley's vehicle was found near Lake Erie with his wallet and badge locked inside. It wasn't until police were able to conduct a forensic examination of his typewriter that they learned from a letter Wiley had written that he planned to move to California to start a new life. I couldn't find any articles that spoke directly on this, but apparently this story captured Grecar's attention and imagination. Since this is our first theory, you can probably guess I'm not a huge fan of it. It doesn't explain a lot. For example, why did he destroy his laptop computer? Why has he never accessed his bank accounts or his credit cards or even his retirement account? Why has he failed to contact his daughter when all the reports are they were so close? Now, some think he ran off to Slovenia, as he had relatives who lived there, and he even visited there a couple times in the late 70s and early 80s. With the help of Interpol, hundreds of flyers were distributed throughout Slovenia, and no leads materialized. I imagine it would be very difficult to get into Europe in a post-9-11 world without some sort of identification or credit cards to pay for anything. Plus, just because the dude visited a place 30 years ago doesn't mean he was destined to return there. But... That's not meant to throw shade at any of the investigators. I'm glad they were being thorough and looking at all possible leads. That's what they should do, and I applaud them for that. Both Grecar's daughter and his girlfriend have been given polygraph tests specifically aimed at this walk-away theory, and both passed. So I think we can reasonably state that at least these two women do not believe he intentionally vanished. And there's not a ton of evidence that I find particularly convincing that this dude decided to up and start a new life. So let's move on to our next theory. Grecar committed suicide. It appears this theory's genesis is from the fact that Grecar abandoned his vehicle in a parking lot near a river and left many of his important belongings behind. This is eerily similar to how his brother committed suicide years before. Police combed the river for Greaser's body, but never found it. However, there were not one but two hydroelectric dams on this river. Each one, according to experts, were capable of sucking in a human body and chopping it to bits. 
After Grecar was declared legally dead and his estate was opened, family members were shocked to learn that the total value of all of Grecar's possessions, including his bank accounts, totaled a mere $1,057. Now, lots of people say this is because of his two previous divorces, which it's true, going through a divorce is financially devastating on both individuals. Going through two is doubly so. But that's a tiny amount of money for someone of his prestige and someone in that stage of his career to have available as cash on hand. Now, he had developed a habit of placing his property in other people's names for some reason. The vehicle he drove was in his girlfriend's name. He did not own a house. He lived with his girlfriend. And don't forget, the estate would not include the pension he would receive from his work for the state, which was reportedly worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, but could only be accessed once he formally retired. Now, critics of the theory claim there's no evidence Grecar was depressed, much less suicidal. However, there are some who report that during his last few weeks, he was a different person. He seemed to be losing weight. He appeared to be frail, even. He also appeared to be very distracted, even at court hearings, which others found unusual based on his reputation as a zealous advocate. For example, when a judge suggested a certain date to set a trial in a case, Grecar merely responded, I won't be here, without further explanation. Most all agree that Grecar was painfully private and would never reveal any sort of weakness. So if he was suffering from depression or cancer or some other serious medical condition, it wouldn't be shocking to learn that he hid the news from everybody. But once again, the biggest problem with this theory is the laptop. Grecar's nephew tried to recreate throwing the laptop from Grecar's car by throwing it out the window over the bridge, but said this was not possible for whatever that's worth. Regardless, why would Grecar need to destroy state property before killing himself? What was so bad on his laptop that he needed to know it was destroyed before he killed himself. We don't have any evidence that Grecar was engaged in any illicit or unethical conduct, so this is confounding. I personally also find it odd that Grecar didn't leave some sort of note for his daughter. When his brother died, Grecar was convinced it couldn't have been suicide because his, he knew his brother wouldn't just leave his kids, his family, in a lurch without any sort of explanation. Yet here we have Grecar doing roughly the same thing. Um, certainly his situation is different because he's not married with younger children, but you would think a note, a last phone call, even a text message to his daughter would have been made before he killed himself. That just seems consistent with his personality when you read about Grecar. Now, the last of the big three theories is, of course, he was murdered. All right. Now, from my experience, at least in my world, 
That's not to say things are the same in Pennsylvania, but prosecutors don't seem to be under a special threat from criminals, unlike what you see on TV. Criminal defendants are generally much more likely to go after the witnesses who testify against them. Uh, I would say they are much more likely to even go against their own attorneys than against prosecutors. And I say that from unfortunate experience. One popular internet theory is that Greekar became a victim because of the Penn State football sexual abuse scandal centering on Jerry Sandusky. Greekar was the DA who originally chose not to prosecute Sandusky due to an alleged lack of evidence in the late 90s. To me, this theory doesn't make a lick of sense because if the dude didn't want to prosecute you, you'd think he would be a friend and keeping him in office would be in your best interest if you're out there abusing boys. So that one doesn't fly with me. Now, like I said earlier, there's no evidence of foul play that was found in or around Greekar's vehicle. However, evidence technicians found some cigarette ash in the passenger side of the car. This is noteworthy because not only was Greekar not a smoker, he hated smoking. He abhorred it. He refused to allow friends to smoke around him. And it's impossible to imagine that he would allow people to be in his car smoking with that sort of attitude. There are what we can call a few sub-theories that kind of sing the same tune in this murder theory, that Grigar stumbled into something that was bigger than him, and he became a victim of it. One popular line of thinking is that he stumbled into a massive drug conspiracy that involved forces much more powerful than he was used to dealing with. Understand that the drug investigation part of this is not speculation. Greekar was part of a press conference held by the Pennsylvania Attorney General about a month before Greekar's disappearance, announcing that they were teaming up to launch into one of the largest heroin operations and investigations the state had ever conducted. Some think the Hells Angels are actually responsible for Greekar's disappearance, as law enforcement did pursue that angle pretty aggressively at one point in the investigation. The theory was the motorcycle club wanted revenge for a recent prosecution with their members, and they took their disappointment out on Greekar. Allegedly, one of the members of the club provided some information to police, but stopped short of divulging where Greekar's body could actually be found. So that lead eventually dried up and police had to move on. Now to again sing the praises of Wallace McKelvey. His most recent article on this topic involves summations of multiple interviews with a man identified only as the informant. And the gist of the informant's story is that he was in the same holding cell with a man who claimed to be an enforcer for a large criminal organization. As they swapped stories back and forth, this enforcer claimed that he was responsible for Greekar's disappearance. He said he hired a woman, a dark-haired woman, to run into Greekar 
and tell him that she had some evidence about the Heron investigation they were going uh, the DA's office was was pursuing and she wanted to meet with them however she would only meet with him in private so allegedly Greekar got into her car and they drove to a nearby hotel where this enforcer and a buddy were waiting to ambush him when they came in the hotel room the enforcer was standing behind the door, got Greekar from behind, and managed to snap his neck. They then loaded Greekar's body up into their vehicle, drove to a remote bit of land that was primarily used for hunting, and tossed him Greekar's body into an abandoned mine that had become flooded. The alleged purpose of the murder was to hamstring the heroin investigation. And the informant believed the enforcer was sharing the story in an attempt to recruit the informant to join the criminal organization. McKelvey claims he's been able to corroborate certain aspects of the story, such as the fact that the informant and the enforcer were in the same jail cell at the same time, and that the enforcer had a significant criminal history consistent with organized crime. The informant has also convinced several members of law enforcement as to the validity of his story, but the investigators assigned to Greekar's case claimed to have spoken with the informant, followed up on the leads, and found that the story lacked credibility. Now, parts of the informant's story seem extremely credible to me based on what little we have before us. The details of the hit strike me as very plausible. The method of execution coupled with the manner of disposal both sound like what you would expect from professional hitmen. And it could explain Grecar's odd behavior the weeks prior to his disappearance. If he's made part of the face of this campaign against a drug ring and suddenly he starts acting differently, he's losing weight, he seems frail and weak and sick, he's not himself, he's distracted. One could infer that he had been threatened or his family had been threatened, and he was dealing with the stress of that. There are a couple of holes in the informant's theory that aren't filled to my satisfaction. First, and again, why was Greekar searching for ways to destroy his hard drive? Clearly, there was something on there he needed to make sure never saw the light of day. He wanted to destroy the laptop. Greekar did. Not a third party. Or at least we don't have any evidence to support that. He may have been threatened into destroying some evidence as part of the heroin investigation, but that's just pure speculation. The bigger problem I have with the theory, the informant's story, is Greekar's disappearance seemingly had no effect on the progress of the investigation. I found news of a raid being conducted in September, just a few months after Greekar's disappearance in April, and that raid netted 19 arrests. Raids continued and arrests continued well into the next year. So if the whole purpose of knocking off Greekar was to hamstring this investigation somehow, it didn't work at all. 
frankly, it wouldn't make sense that it would work. Recar is not out there on the front lines doing the investigating. That's the drug task force. That's the local police. The attorney general was the one calling the shots in it. Grecar was just the dude who presided over the prosecutions that occurred within his jurisdiction. And he wouldn't have much of an opportunity to interfere with the investigation other than to maybe refuse to prosecute some cases. But doing so would be very, very odd and would raise questions that would be difficult for Grecar to answer. And... That's all we know about Mr. Grecar. It's a sad story that really only leaves us to draw some unfortunate conclusions. Uh, I, I can't put together a theory on this one that I'm happy with. I think I fall into the suicide camp. It makes sense to me that if there's two dams that are capable of destroying a human body, there's a good chance no noticeable remains would be found. His financial situation, again, was just bizarre to me. Either he was living beyond his means, or he had a hidden habit that he was having to fuel. There's just no way of somebody of his stature in the criminal justice system with all those years of experience being the top dog of his jurisdiction that he wouldn't be making a very nice salary. But when he dies, he only has a thousand bucks in his pocket, essentially. I understand, again, the divorces and all that mess, but to me, that should not account for how desperate his situation was. He shouldn't be destitute. I mean, many of the kids at Penn State would have had more assets available than Grecar had when he died, which is totally absurd. So I wish I could find new information, new leads on this one. It's just an old case. And but for the work of our journalist buddy, I we would really have even less information. Um, so thank you to Wallace McKelvey for doing such a great job. And I hope he is able to come out with a documentary or a podcast or what have you that covers this more in depth because this dude has been on it since the get-go. And I'm sure he has plenty of knowledge that he can't print but maybe could share in another medium. Okay, so we're going to wrap up our depressing tale and move on to our dessert, the palate cleanser. And... This week, I have a special treat. The palate cleanser will be shared directly from my joke curator's mouth. Hello, my name is Eli, and I make the jokes around here. So, today's jokes is kind of revolving um, the, the script, the missing person case, whatever you want to call it. Okay, so the joke is... What did the judge say when a skunk entered the courtroom? Anyone know? You? You so? Okay. Um, order in the court. Yes, yes, yes. Order in the court. Cause, cause, cause skunks 
it's they smell when they when you get the okay. Um, so now we're gonna heal some boring stuff from my father. Yay! Lord help me, that's what I deal with every day. All right, so that's your glittery bit of rainbows and unicorns for this week as we continue to endure this worldwide stay-at-home party. As always, I will end this episode begging you to stroke my little monster. That's right, my ego. Stars are my favorite shape, so if you could please leave five of them in the review section, that'd be really cool. If you enjoy the work we're doing here, please consider subscribing. And if you want to enjoy a lifetime of wealth and happiness, please make sure you share this podcast with at least three of your friends who you think may enjoy it before the next full moon, or you will suffer the curse of the Jade Armadillo. All right, so in closing, thank you so much to Mandy for recommending this topic. Thank you, I guess, to my son for a reading of his palate cleanser. And thank you, most of all, to me for doing all the work. Oh, and kudos to y'all out there for being good little listeners, I suppose. I'm feeling a bit Shakespearean as we depart, so I will leave you with this tiny slice of culture from Henry V. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more. Good day. Thank you for listening to Kellen missing hidden make sure to rate subscribe and share questions email us at info at kmhpodcast.com